Welcome to the Member Engagement Show with Higher Logic, the podcast for association professionals looking to boost retention, gain new members, and deepen member involvement. Each episode, I'll bring on some experts. We'll talk shop about engagement, and you'll walk away with strategies proven to transform your organization. I'm Beth Arrett, an association evangelist with over 25 years experience in marketing and member engagement, and I'm so happy you're here. So let's start the show. Welcome back to the Member Engagement Show. In this week's podcast, I'm excited to share a session from our The Association Marketer's Guide to 2022 Planning webinar series. This is a three-part series on the tools that you need to remove roadblocks, implement better strategies, and create a solid marketing plan for 2022. In today's episode, my colleague Vivian Swartinsky and I pulled from our collective experience of years of working in marketing and with customers all over the world to come up with some hacks to make your marketing automation life easier. As always, we love to hear from you. So let us know what you think about this episode over on Hug or on the LinkedIn post for this episode. And let us know what you'd like to hear in future podcasts. So let's get hacking. Uh, as I mentioned, my name is Beth Barrett, um, but I also have my colleague Vivian Swartinsky here with me today. Viv, do you want to give a quick intro? Yeah, absolutely. Welcome, everyone. Uh, Vivian Swartinsky here. I've uh, been with Hyrologic for about seven years. Um, really, I'm a marketing automation uh, strategist and um, am working in our strategic services team. So uh, strategic services uh, provides our customers with an opportunity to work with a, a strategist and a consultant um, to make their marketing more effective. And Viv is amazing at it, too. We actually met when she did uh, some services for um, AAAE way back in, what was it, seven years ago? Like right after we both started? Yeah. yeah. So today we are going to talk about five hacks to make your marketing automation life easier. Um, and I have to admit, we said five hacks, but um, it's really more five categories. There's Some of them have a few hacks in them. So um, our apologies, you're gonna get a few more hacks than you bargained for, so. Um, with that in mind, let's get right to it. The main categories that we're going to talk about are automation campaigns, um, dashboards and reports, landing pages and post submission options, RSS feeds, and integration. Um, campaigns. My rule of thumb is automate everything you possibly can. Um, notify the right people when someone lands on specific websites. Um, you can do memberships about join pages. You can do corporate engagement about sponsor and exhibit pages, things like that. Um, and you could also automate tasks like birthday or member anniversary cards. So what am I talking about? So, well, this is one of the staff notification things that I'm talking about. In this particular case, this one happened to be um, someone visited. Uh, a, no, it was a request for a member survey, but basically someone answered a certain way. Um, and it had it notify me and the membership VP to follow up with that person. Uh, it can be something like, say somebody downloads your sponsor prospectus or your exhibitor information for your annual conference. Then you can have it notify you and the sales team or your corporate engagement team. Somebody visits a website for a particular product or service that you offer. You can have it notify the people who handle that. Um, you can also, obviously with automated campaigns, drop people into drip campaigns, which we'll talk about in a minute, but just notifying people, especially on the bigger ticket things that you do, um, helps them know that somebody is uh, interested and looking and helps them visit them at the or call them or whatever at the time that they're actually looking. Now, Viv, do you want to talk a little bit about automating things like birthday cards? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's, I love when we, when marketers or communicators can take what their automated tools and think about how does this help the rest of the organization, even teams that, you know, might not be on your radar in terms of like using automation. Um, you know, you could have, um, and I think Beth, you were, you said at AAAE, um, you know, you had birthday cards sent to staff, mm -hmm. um, which had been a manual process, um, but you were able to um, have that be automated, which probably saved that person an enormous amount of time and stress, right? Yep. Never, never missing anyone's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> What I love, we don't have it on here, I probably should have pulled this one in too, the image that you have of um, celebrating somebody's one year anniversary as a member. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if, you, if you've if you got your member anniversaries, you may not have all of your member birthdays. Mm. Um, and you'll need the day and the date, but you may not have that, but if you do, it's a quick win. It's nice to send them a birthday card and you can totally automate it, but you definitely have the day they joined. And you can also send them, you know, a happy anniversary card. We're glad you're here, thanks for, um, excuse me, thanks for, you know, continuing to be a member. You can even do it if you're integrated, which we'll talk about a little bit. You can even do yeah. it so that you're only sending to people you know have renewed. And maybe send a different people message to people who haven't. Right. And and another um item that a customer uh shared that that they had automated was they were hearing how much um their like their finance team was chasing down folks who had um auto renewal and they had it like going to a credit card and then the credit card expired. Yes. And so they had expiration scenarios, right, where people needed to do outreach to some to a member to get the new card number or get, you know, the updated expiration date. And so the marketer or communicator was hearing that and she's like, what are you guys doing? Like, how about if you just give you, you know who that group is, you give me the list. We can just set it up and they can just get an automated message. Um, you don't have to go and, and use Outlook and and call people and all of that, right? And so that was an area the finance team would never have raised their hand to say, do we have a way to automate this necessarily, right? They just accepted that as a manual part of their job. <laughs> but um, the communicator was like, no, we have tools that can do this. So I thought that was a really neat idea as well um, to think about within your own organization, who's doing manual processes and is, is there a way to alleviate that? Yeah, and I, I now that you mentioned that, I think AAA was working on doing that with the, if they had the card information in the system already to be able to like follow up like a month or two in advance, say, hey, your credit card that you have on file for renewal or um, is uh, going to expire, you should go update it so that it won't be any break in your, uh, in your membership. Yeah, that's even better. Yeah, which is kind of cool. If you've got that kind of um, ability, yeah, it's, it's so cool, so helpful to do. Um, so this is a great, if I'm sure, slightly overwhelming example um, to some people of how well this can work at, uh, in our everyday work lives, though. Um, this is the main lead nurturing campaign for membership at AAAE. Uh, and at first glance, it looks a little daunting, sure. It did take me a little time to set up. I think that I spent about 10 hours on my couch on the first iteration. Um, and then we've just added in additional wait steps to avoid certain holidays, made some edits to email, things like that. So all told, um, we've probably spent maybe 24 hours or so work time on this over the space of four years. And one of the things that I hear a lot, and we all do, right, on Viv, is that um, people are like, well, I just don't have time to sit down and figure it out. Yeah. You know, I know I should be doing it, but I'm so busy. I don't have the time. Um, 
the last time I checked a couple of months ago on this campaign, the conversion rate was 19.2% four years in. Um, that's just, it takes people from web tracking who visited anything on the join pages, anything with um, join in the URL. It takes people who filled out certain content marketing landing pages that we've done and puts them in. Um, and it also takes some people from webinars if they're non-members, um, sends them a special message. So 24 hours, all of that handled for membership. Um, membership has definitely increased by, you know, at least 25, 30%. I have to, actually have to go back and do the math on that. At least 25, 30%, I think, in the last, like, four years. And this, had, like I said, this had a 19.2% conversion rate. So if I did the math, factoring in, took just the people who went through here, factored in that 91% on average renewal rate that AAA has, that results in over a million dollars in dues in revenue in three years time. So that's well worth the 24 hours I've spent over it in the last like three or four years. That's the ROI on that is something like 41, over $41,000 per hour. Uh, yeah, that was worth it. Plus it freed up, once it was done, it freed up time to do so many other things, which is that time is something I don't think it gets factored in enough to um, automation and campaigns and how every bit of time that it frees up, you could do something else great and awesome and fantastic. Yeah, I, I love that. You're absolutely right. The higher value thing, you could go off and do some higher value tasks because you're not churning yeah. through the the mundane, you know, repetitive type things. It's, it's important. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It needs to be done. So it's got nothing to right. But it's just that if you could have that those important things be done in a more automated fashion, what does it free you up for? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things, if, you know, people always ask, you, where should I start? And my answer is always, it depends. Um, because it depends on your goals and things like that. But the, the real reality is once you've got a couple of big things out of the way, like onboarding and renewal, um, anything that's like really time sensitive, then start thinking about two things. One, ROI, like where is this automation going to get you the most bang for your buck? Um, obviously here over time it did. Um, and then two, think about that task every day every week every month whatever it is that every time you have to do it like oh, i know this has to be done i have to go do it again i'm sorry we can't automate your budgets for you that's on you because that was always one of my biggest one and if anybody from AAA is on here right now they're laughing their heads off that was always my biggest my biggest oh, I have to do this again but things like oh, okay so i'm just sending out renewal notices that are super important but you're like oh, I have to do this again look and see how you can automate those whether you can automate them inside of your um, AMS, whether you can automate them inside of your um, marketing automation system, however you can do it, anything that you can automate that's going to save you time, particularly frustrating time that you find really boring or tedious, go for it. So something that might help you find some of those things are dashboards and reports. And what you're looking for on those is readily accessible, actionable information for you and your team whether that's marketing, sales, membership, whoever, um, anything that you can provide value um, that's actionable information. And you'll notice I actually capitalized all of that, which I don't do in PowerPoints very often. You don't want to spend hours and hours, hours in a rabbit hole looking at information that you find you can't do anything about. Um, and when I say actionable, I don't necessarily mean that you can take action on it, like you can actually use that to automate or something like that. But 
something that e either you can take action on it or it helps you figure out what action to take. Mm -hmm. Basically something that propels you forward. Visual dashboards like this are really helpful. This one is actually giving you all of the information for every email that was set, sent in a campaign for one conference. So you kind of get overall reporting on the whole thing because you've been like maybe you're doing your annual conference and you've been looking at each one as you go along. Go, oh, okay, there are increases and like that, but you maybe haven't looked at the whole thing when you're over and you want to say, okay, overall, how many emails did we send? What was the return rate value? You know, things like that. You can pull up a report on all of the emails all at once and look at the aggregate information. Um, and then you can dig down further and find out which ones report, which ones did well. But this is kind of your first step to say, okay, overall, how did we do? Oh, we could have done better. Okay, well, let's go and dig in and see which things did do well. So then we can act on that. This is also something a lot of times that um, the higher ups want to see when you're in marketing too. So something like this makes it easy to give them an overall view. And then you can talk about the stuff downstream that pulls up into this report. Also on the dashboard um, report, if you have something that, you know, if they, that has a goal, a conversion, and you can point to something that say, when they do this action, I'm gonna consider them converted. You know, that could be registered, it could be taking their next step, it could be, you know, a lot of different things. Um, if you can identify what conversion looks like, and, and that can be tied in to your automated systems um, in terms of your automated campaigns, then you can get reporting on that, um, just that specific thing. So that's super helpful to not be able to help, like I'm gonna pull it in five different spots, I gotta check all these different things to see what we really got. So if you can bring it all to the forefront and have it be part of your dashboard report, um, you know, that's, that's the best. In terms of one of the things that I look at in, in terms of, um, and, and it's gonna be over in the opposite corner, so where you see the little dial, the conversion, in the opposite corner is gonna be um, campaign subscribers, and yes, and time since last ad, I prefer campaign reporting that is that can tell you when was the last time somebody got added to this. Does it, that make sense to me? Does that make sense to me? If I think people should be trickling in every day, then I wanna see, I wanna be able to go there at any point in time and see that someone's been added within the last 24 hours. Um, you know, if it would make sense to me that someone come in monthly, that's fine too, right? But I have some expectation for how people should be entering a particular campaign and what that timeline is. So while you kind of set it and forget it, I like to look at something that just tells me current activity is happening, it's happening at the cadence that I would expect it to. Um, so that's something that I look at as a hack in terms of it saves you so much time just to look at that. Time since last ad, that number, I'm good, or that is not what I was expecting, and now I need to go one step further and I needed to dig in. But yeah. just that one thing tells me I'm good. Yeah, and it can be your first indicator that there's a problem. Yes, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, it's something that made me think of something that we didn't put on here, but um, I know in Informs, when you do your campaign, it's like a visual. You saw this one up here. It's a visual. So when you're actually looking at it, you can see, I always put stop steps at the, east of, at the end of each decision step, as opposed to putting them all at the end. Because when this is live and you're looking at it, each stop step, you can see exactly how many people came out there. And so it gives you a quick snapshot of how quickly people are moving through the campaign. They're not moving through, moving through quickly enough, then you know you might want to go tweak some stuff. 
if they're moving through really quickly, then you might want to see what's working really well mm -hmm. and like use it other places. So it can be a really quick overview, same thing, same as what you're talking about. Um, that's really handy and really helpful. Right. So for any, I mean, you always get dashboards, reports, but I like, I, I like to look at something and say, is this going to give me a quick health check that things are running as I expected them to? And is it going to give me a quick performance check that the outcomes are what I was hoping them, them, them to be, you know, in terms of conversions, clicks, I was, I was doing this for a reason. And, and am I seeing that materialize? <laughs> One of the things I love about this particular system too is that it, it just, not to be an advertisement for any one system, but I like that this one allows you to decide what you want it to be, what you think should be the conversion rate. Some of them just say, oh, your number should be here. I'm like, well, no, it shouldn't. I actually think it should be down here. So now you're telling me there's a problem when there isn't. This one lets you decide what you think it should be. So it's a, it's a really good quick check. Where you can really get into those helpful hacks, though, from deeper reporting that get your intel for immediate action are things like lick links, lick link clicks. Sorry, I have a really hard problem trying to say that word, um, which lets you see which CTAs perform the best in the whole event campaign, like what we were just talking about. How many of them had a lot of multiple clicks from the same person? Um, so you see here, like register today, and this email was 201 clicks. It was only 105 unique clicks. So Almost everyone clicked at least twice on average. Same thing with register today on this one, 250 clicks, only 140 were unique. Down here, you've got the plan to attend. Well, that was 820 clicks. Um, and I can tell you, uh, this is just a snapshot from the report. Um, in this report, there was only one that performed higher than that plan to attend. And it was something along the same lines. I think it was like agenda or something like that. So we could tell just by looking even at this little snapshot that, you know, a a plan to attend, plan, view the agenda, things that help people um, go, think about going, help them come up with the ability to go, to make the decision to go, um, work really well. So if you were to do, if you were doing emails that just said register and you didn't offer somebody a second option, like look at the agenda, plan to attend, things like that, then you're only getting the people who are ready to act right then. And you're not getting a true view on the people who aren't ready to act, but they are definitely interested. Um, and I will say another little kind of hack I can add in here is that plan to attend button. That particular one is something that I think our regular attendees at AAA's annual have, started, have come to expect and that newer ones find really helpful. And that is, it's a whole budgeting, it's information on budgeting, um, you know, it's going to cost you this much. Um, you're getting this much in food. So, you know, that saves you 200 and some dollars in over the time of the conference. Um, it's kind of justifying to them the expense. But then we also provide a downloadable justification letter that um, they can literally just fill in some blanks and turn in to get approval to go. That's a hack you can actually give your, your members or your attendees. You can do it for um, membership. You can do it for a certification. If you provide them that little hack, I can almost guarantee you that your um, registrations, your revenue, whatever, are, is going to go up. So that's actually a hack you can give your members and your attendees, and that is something that is invaluable. We always we had people consistently, not constantly, but definitely consistently, um, emailing us at AAA, thanking us for the justification letters. 
And once you've got one, you can just sort of duplicate it. And it doesn't take much time. It's kind of like the campaign, but it's such a great little hack to offer them um, to make it easier for them to come. Yeah, I love the plan to attend button. It's, it's so helpful. Talking about web tracking, just in this particular report, you can use a web tracking report for, to see overall performance on a visual dashboard. You can look at, I'm sure most of you look at your um, Google Analytics web tracking. This one is inside the email program, so it's only known users. I like to look at it compared to Google Analytics and see how the two compare, um, because this gives you a quick snapshot of what your known users are doing. The people who have actually, actually clicked through on your emails and had their cookie on a cookie tracking them, your, their activity on your website versus what everyone else is doing. And if the patterns are pretty much the same, I get a little concerned because I feel like that the known users should be doing more in certain places at least. So it gives you a way to put your Google Analytics into context. But it also then, of course, gives you reporting on like what your members are looking at so or what your known users are looking at. You can break this down into members and prospects mm -hmm. and things like that and start to figure out what your prospects are looking for and do your marketing that way and see what your members are doing and kind of figure out what their member journey is so you can help others on that journey. So there's a lot of stuff that you can get um, from looking at a web tracking for known users. And another great hack that you can kind of have off of here um, is because because inside of your marketing automation platform, your web tracking is specific to the folks that you have permission to email that you are emailing, right? Be it your prospects or be it your members, your your customers, whatever. So if you are doing um, any email communications to prospective members, what you can do is look specifically to where they are going, where are they spending time? And you can use that to infer what should my nurture campaign be? What is the sequence and the order in which I should introduce them to my education or my advocacy or the member benefits? Like what is the series? You're gonna prioritize something, right? What am I gonna to say to them first? What am I gonna to say to them second? You're gonna to have to pick. So rather than just guess, you can actually say, where are they going naturally? What are they, you know, how are they landing here? And then what are they spending time on? That's the perfect like opportunity to take that data and say, here's the hierarchy that's important to them. Here's what's attracting them. And so let's nurture on the things that they're naturally going to. And of course you can use this to pull people into um, campaigns. That's was the number one way that people were going into that giant membership campaign that we showed you. If you want to get really detailed, um, you can pull them in that way, but then you can kind of nurture them the way Viv is talking about. So let's say somebody comes and they visit four pages on your site. So you can decide, you can look at it and go, okay, well, this is the most popular one. So if they came in from this one, I'm going to send them this message first mm -hmm. and then yeah. drop them into the rest of the campaign and just do a different one depending on where they came in. Right. Right. Yeah. You can use the information. Yeah. So it, just, it informs your decisions. The point is you're going to make decisions and you can either do it based on your best guess or you can do it based on data. There's so much you can do. I, I, I'm going, I'm about to go down the rabbit hole now. So. <laughs> I'll pull Let's you back out, Beth. If you go down that rabbit hole, I'll pull you out. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's what friends do, right? Yeah. This is talking, this is showing you kind of a um, target group created for web tracking. and 
how you this is how you would create groups of people to put in your automated campaigns whenever they visit pages on your website um this is just in this case this is directly inside informs um i actually had the stuff writing back from informs to imus and so i would pull that stuff in imus but however you pull it in this hack is huge i was able to automate so much of the low level um ongoing marketing like on-demand products self-study certifications things like that promoted themselves year-round um, just based on people showing interest by visiting the website. So that automation checked for purchasers and then dropped them out of the campaign. So I really didn't have to do anything except check, check on them uh, once in a while and maybe you know tweak the messaging based on what was working or add any new products that might come in. So that alone for us was just, it was like getting a whole extra person in the marketing department just to focus on the things that we often said we didn't have time to do because we were called in on the bigger things, um, but we use those web tracking campaigns to support the bigger things too, like membership conferences, products and services. Um, but setting up the, the little things that you always wanna promote, but you never really get the time to do it, taking a day out to set that up or even a part of a day out to set that up and just have it start running, it's huge because you've got all of that stuff covered. Um, the people who do those products and, and services really care about them. Um, and I was it too, and they, you know, I, I wanted them to get promotion. I wanted them to, you know, be able to bring in the kind of revenue that I knew was possible. Um, but when I'm getting called out to do the bigger things that are, you know, higher revenue overall, it's hard for, it was hard for me to find the time. And so this allowed me to do that. Um, and now I had a staff person working 24 seven, 365 to promote it. Viv is going to talk a little bit about landing page post submission options. So we all have landing pages, whether they're, you know, uh, mostly forms, right? But you can have, uh, certainly have landing pages that are just content pages, but most forms are your landing page. You can have standing, um, standalone landing page, or you can just have the forms, uh, the form fields embedded in your own website. Um, so those are just a couple options, but, but the hack part is really to think about what is the post submission experience um i somebody's signing up they want to stay in touch you know maybe they want to um they want updates right for when the next conference details are going to come about yeah keep me informed you know keep me updated um, what what actions do you want what experience do you want them to have after they do that you i can i can tag them you know do i redirect them somewhere do I email them? So the point here is that when you're setting up a landing page, if, if you think about what, what the next experiences should be, what did they need? What do you need? You can take a single step or a, or a series of steps um, and automate that, which obviously saves you a lot of time. Um, yeah, we talked about being able to tag them or put, put them into a group, put them into a list, a group, not just one, maybe a couple. You can tag them based on the fact that, you know, they are, oh, they're a student and they also then are, you know, part of my, uh, my, my member or my prospect list, right? So as many lists as, as they qualify for, you can put them in one or many right at the onset based on that post submission action. Um, it allows you to put them into as many interest groups as you like. You can put them in directly into a campaign. Now, if your interest groups are flowing into a campaign, then the interest group would be enough to do that. You didn't have to do, you won't have to do both. You can send them to like a web page or a document or something like that. 
you can just send to another landing page. It just says thank you. We actually had a basic thank you one that took lately that we kept around and we used that for a lot of it because we wanted to send them the content via email. So we over here, like you can send them an email saying, you know, thanks, here's your content. And when they click through that link, that's when they become a known user. And that's when it puts the cookie on their browser because they're clicking through on a link that knows who they are. And that's transmitting that um, uh, information to the cookie. So then that cookie's connecting them from then that point on, it's tracking them. So that's how we used the content marketing at AAAE to eventually end up putting people into web tracking. Um, sneaky little trick, but it works. Yeah, we and then of course you can also notify, you want to notify staff when something like that happens too. So that was another helpful piece that we used. And then say they visited the page, but they didn't submit. You go back a week later and advertise the same content and form to them again with automation. So in this case, you can see that there was three different groups for that landing page. Um, visited but did not submit, submitted and visited. So, and you can see obviously the first two add up to the second one. So those four were those four known people who visited but didn't submit, you can have an automation that goes back to this group right here, like a week later, and then send something about that same content. You know, if they visited the form, they're clearly interested in the content. Um, but that automation allows us to take all of those people and remove the ones who submitted and promote again to the ones who didn't actually submit. Um, you could even send the content to them at that point because it's a week old now. You, can go, you clearly know who they are already, so you can send it to them and link directly to it without making them fill out a form because you know that's still going to show up as a click and it's going to give them the information and it's still going to send them through to your website and make sure that they're still a known user. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, I was gonna say in most and in, in most um, email marketing automation platforms, certainly you know the ones that we have here, uh, those are already groups that are formed for you. So you don't have to go grabbing those folks. Who are those folks? How do I find those folks? They're already in a in a group labeled for you, um, exactly like this. The other quick hack I will hit on is like visited but did not submit that. You can almost use this as a report to say, if I saw a high number there, mm -hmm. I would say, am I asking for too much, right? How many form fields do I have? If people are landing there and they're like, yeah, not, not me, I'm not, I'm not filling out these six fields right now. I don't need your content, right? If this was gonna be fast, I might be in, but it's not and I don't have time. So they bounce, right? So that is informative. So if I saw a big number there, I'd say, I'd, it would make, would make me want to go back to my landing page and go, all right, this is a little much. <laughs> yeah. know, this is a little much for people. There's something about this that's a barrier and the, your whole point is it informs you of that so that you can maybe look at and identify and remove the barrier. Well, and in this case, 33% of the people didn't submit. I'd be a little curious about that. I'd be like, hey, what's wrong here? And then I would probably go back to those people. And um, the other thing to note about stuff like this, like the submitted. So when you put people post post action, when you put them into an interest group, they may come out of that interest group at some point in time. So that's not necessarily going to give you a true view of everybody who's ever submitted. Once you've submitted, you don't come out of this group, this particular one, the landing page submitted. So something like that is going to be a true listing of everyone who's ever submitted it which is helpful to you in knowing who submitted it 
but also helpful to you if you ever need to like remove them from something. Whereas the other group might not have everybody because people may have come out of that interest group. So this is the truth. <laughs> kind of a cool little thing to know. There are a lot of hacks. We're going to talk about RSS, which is one of my favorite topics. I, won't I was just going to say, but this is Beth's favorite topic. So you're in for a treat. I love this topic. I have done entire webinars on this topic because I just, there's so much you can do with RSS, even though um, people are probably right now going, oh, I'm going to go check my mail because RSS is so, you know, 2003. But it's not. Out of all the things that you can do with RSS, the biggest time saver has got to be your newsletter. RSS makes it possible to do curated, targeted newsletters on individual topics or on one big newsletter that has dynamic content or story level targeting, whatever you want to call it, depending on the audience, but all with much less time than it would take to do them by hand every day. Um, so with our, I mean, you can see over here on the left, you can make them you know, varied. You can do industry news, upcoming events, you can pull in blog posts, podcasts, jobs boards, classifieds, business updates, community discussions. That's just the tip of the iceberg. The cool thing is with RSS, this is a setup for a newsletter. That's all I have to do. And every day it puts out something new that turns into something like this. That is so much information that I had to break it down, <laughs> um, which is just, I mean, who wouldn't want this to just automatically populate and itself out every day it's so helpful uh, yeah i can't even say enough i know aaae does theirs um via rss feed they've got about three or four different rss feeds in theirs um they've got the news which is done um through it's actually done through an iqa that has been turned into an rss feed but before that we were doing it with a service called paperly which is one of the services like instapaper things like that that will you know, lets you just click on things as you see them and put them into your newsfeed and then it creates an RSS feed. There are other services like that out there that are really cool. It just populates. So I mean, like you, you see, and you can do it in different formats too. So like for the main news, you might not want to put a picture. For like secondary stuff, maybe you want to get attention so you put a picture. That picture is probably a little big, but maybe for smaller ones, like say in this case, these are the blog posts and podcasts. So all I did was put a title um, and then link to it. Um, because people want to click through to read more. So they're quick hits that you can put side by side. So it ends up looking kind of like this over on the right. The only things in this long thing on the right that you can barely see at the very top is a news article I wrote, put in there myself and linked to something at the very bottom is um, a little teaser ad for something. And you can put advertising throughout here as well and fill it in. You can even story level target it. So like, say you have three different areas where your members are and you don't have time to do three emails. You don't have time to do three newsletters, but you have time to set up RSS feeds um, so that three newsletters can go out to different groups or the one feed. So you've got, okay, only the people in this group are gonna be interested in this. So let's say going back to my airport days, we've got security, operations, and lighting. Those are three fairly disparate groups, a little bit of overlap in security and, and, and operations. So you might get people doing more than one you create one newsletter but you've got okay this is only of interest to people in security this is only going to be interested as in people of operations only people with lighting are going to be interested in this so i might be an operations person who's also heavily into security so i'm going to get an email that has everything about security and operations on it all of this viv might be a um a lighting person that's all she does it's a very specialized thing in airports. 
And she, so she only gets the runway lighting stories. She only gets the stuff with the runway lighting. But Ian, our wonderful producer who is behind the scenes, um, she's only into security. That's all she does. She's not an ops person. So she just gets the security stories. And then they're all RSS feeds. So now you've got three different groups of people with disparate interests all getting only the stuff that's targeted at them. It's all automated for you because you've got RSS feeds populating each one of these. You've got automated um, targeted stories, story level targeting in your target groups. So you just basically copy, change the date or whatever on it and send it out every day. Or if you're really, really, you know, confident and you've got everything set up right, you can literally just set it to go out every day at noon for their noon lunchtime reading. Kind of cool how you can suddenly do these newsletters and personalize them to people and sell advertising because you could do targeted advertising just to operations people, just to security people, and only the right people are going to see it. So you're not killing everyone with advertising. So it does suddenly offer you a whole world of things that you can do. And that's just using RSS for newsletters. Um, I mean, if you plan and set it up right, RSS can save you so much time that it's literally like getting extra work days in the month, only without actually having to add more days. You know, it just that alone is so helpful, but then there's so many other ways you can use RSS. You know, there's RSS to text aggregator apps that you can use to see kind of how you fit into other people's communications. Internal communications, so that, you know, when people get, there are certain things happen, you know, like an RSS feed then creates an email to internal people. Monday.com, if you use that for um, your planning, actually has a hack with, uh, I think it's with Ift. It's either with Ift or Zapier, two really great in, um, uh, like uh, applications that you should look at if you're thinking about RSS, that you can do an Ift, it is, because um, basically there's an Ift that anytime you say that something is done, in a Monday board, it shoots out an email to any, whoever you say. Email to RSS is another thing that can help you do um, weekly or bi-weekly digests of all of your marketing emails and turn your marketing emails into an RSS feed you can put on your website and your community. Um, so you can do RSS to almost anything. Um, there's a group that we work with who is using it to send their communications from that they post in their community to their Discord channel. And they're looking at also maybe setting it up so that it also put those communications on their website and then their um, uh, social media feed. So something that there's like five different places that those communications go that they're now able to put it in one place and they're going to be able to farm it out to syndicate it to everywhere else. So there's so much you can do. It's like the greatest hack ever. It's like being given all the cheat codes to a video game. Yeah. And I think about it not just from the time savings perspective perspective, which obviously is huge there, but I think of the the timeliness, you know, um, even if it's internal communication, you know, somebody just rang the bell, someone just did this, someone just did that, like, you know, it's that no, almost like real-time notification that FYI, you know, this, this just happened kind of thing. It's amazing. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you're always having to make sure that other people know when certain things are done. And there's a million different ways to do it, but anything that will connect with an RSS feed, or create an RSS feed. And believe me, there are things out there that can create an RSS feed out of just about anything. Um, once you've got that, I mean, you don't have to remember to do all that stuff. And it's those are those little things that take up time. Mm -hmm. Because you remember, oh, I needed to notify these five people that I did this, that I finished this step of the project, or that I finished this project. Let me stop what I'm doing, open Outlook, 
send an email. Oh, wait, I've got to pull the link to it. No. Monday, hit done. Monday goes, oh, okay. Goes off to your email um, platform. Shoots out an email to the people that you've said are on that list. Done. Viv, take me back to the integration side. Oh, of yes, integrations. Uh, we'd actually like to um, believe we have a poll. Is that up that we wanted to see um, how many folks are actually leveraging integration with your marketing platforms today? And we have three choices. Yes, all my platforms are integrated. Is that you? Yes, some, but not all. Maybe that's where you're going to land yourself. And then no, systems are not integrated. And then that's the sad face. <laughs> all right. So we. Maybe we can take a look to see what our poll results were. Oh, so the majority of you, yes. Some, but not all. That's good. A few people, all of your platforms, which is amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then in between the two is are the people who know, not yet. A lot of the automation that we talked about, or the hacks that we talked about, um, you know, feed off of data. And so, you know, the Obviously, the primary thing that the integration can give you when your um, technology is integrated and your email marketing is integrated with your data is not only can it be the trigger to take action and to inform you, but you know the best integrations are also the ones that feed data back. So it's a, an entire ecosystem. Now, your data could be integrated across a lot of different areas. Um, you know, primarily with your your account management system, your AMS, um, or your database, wherever your source of truth is um, for your accounts, your subscribers, that to be integrated with your with your marketing automation, that to be integrated, you know, with your with your website, that to be integrated with your online community if you have one, and certainly if all these things, you know, this is a holistic view. It provides you with that more holistic view of who your audience is, how they're interacting with you, how you can best serve them, which is what all of this comes back to, is how do I best serve my audience? And the more you know about them, and the more you can see what they need and what they're doing, the better you can serve them. Yeah, I know at AAAE, like right backs like this in particular, just being able to integrate everything and see everything at once, it really helped us track the customer journey. They provided us with ROI. We kind of understood better, you know, what was what were what we're getting good return on the investment, and what not so much. So it helped us choose, pick and choose what to do, um, and then track trends so we could see kind of what was going on. Um, something as little as like we would write back uh, a bunch of stuff in the community, and I would do the keyword a keyword search and like look through and see what the key what the words were that we're most searched for and like put it to the table and basically use that to start as a starting point for figuring out what education to do for annual conference. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Because it was, yeah. Cause it was so helpful. Cause I knew like all of the things that people had been um, posting about and like the subject lines for everything that people had posted about everything they viewed and read and commented on and um, just took that and did keyword searching on it and saw how many there were which was a huge help. Yeah. Um, but then of course it also provides you the ability to do targeted emails and targeted web content. We took all those right backs. We went, I might've gone a little extreme. We <laughs> actually had um, a lot of the information that came back um, added to um, 
a lot of the information we had in our database about our members and used it to come up with um, a subject score. We had twelve, sort of like an engagement scoring, but only for a subject specifically, like how they engage with the subject. And um, we had 12 subjects. And based on your score, um, whichever one was the highest subject score for you, that would determine um, news, resources, events, and advertising you saw when you came to the website. Yeah, I, I mean, it was a huge, huge help. Just to recap really quickly, um, we talked about automation, talked about campaigns, notifying yourself and others and how that saved time, self-filtering, profile management um, with the automation, and then web tracking and drip campaigns. Um, we talked about dashboard reports, readily, how that needs to be readily accessible, actionable information for you and all your teams. We talked about landing pages and post submission options, which really should have been out here, sorry. Um, we talked about RSS, and we talked about integration. So thank you for joining. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you, everyone.